And um, so I'm going to turn the service over to Brother Mays, and um, let's just remain sensitive. You can return to your seats if you want to. Um, I'm just going to ask him to obey the Holy Ghost, and I'm going to ask you to obey the Holy Ghost. Let's not just throw this all on Brother May's shoulders, but let's continue to be prayerful and sensitive to God throughout the remainder of the service. Can we do that? Can I get your commitment on that? Hallelujah. Amen. Brother Mays, come obey the Holy Ghost. Oh, thank you, Jesus. What a tremendous move of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I, uh, he asked me if I had a message. I've got a message. But, uh, I want God to have his way. I said, I want God to have his way. Let's just love him right now. Can we do it? I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, God. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Oh, God. You have your way, God. It's your will, not my will. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I love you, God. Oh, I love you, God. Amen. I am going to preach, but I do ask for everyone's help. Now, when I say that, I don't want you just to say, yeah, I'll help. I'll say, amen. I need some participation. I need some participation. How many of you are willing to participate? Amen. Joshua chapter 5, verses 10 through 15, because I do not feel like we have yet reached the pinnacle of what God has for this service tonight. Amen. Brother Farrell, you going to help me? Brother Brandon, you going to help me? All right. Brother Jared, I know you will. Amen. Praise God. Joshua chapter 5, verses 10 through 15. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at, the, at even in the plains of Jericho. <clears throat> and they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover, Unleavened cakes and parched corn in the selfsame day. And the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna anymore, but they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servants? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, 
for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. It's from this entire fifth and sixth chapters of Joshua that I'm going to preach tonight. But I want you to notice the very last verse that we just read where the captain of the Lord's host tells Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And the last line says, And Joshua did so. And Joshua did so. Amen. It's from this verse of Scripture. I specifically want to take my text. I want to preach from the subject entitled, A Barefoot Breakthrough. A Barefoot Breakthrough. Oh, come on. Let's love him right now. God, I believe you, God. Oh, God, I praise your name. Oh, God, I love you, and I praise you, and I magnify you. I, I magnify you, God. I glorify you. Let's clap our hands to God. Amen. Amen. Clap our hands. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Let's make a joyful noise. What do you say? Let's make a joyful noise. God bless you. You can be seated. It's always been the desire of God to bless his people. From the beginning when he created a man and placed Adam in the garden of Eden, God blessed them. Uh, we can read in Genesis chapter 1 verses 27 and 28 where uh, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Uh, male and female created he them. Uh, and God blessed them. Uh, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth uh, and subdue it and have uh, amen, dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. I'm not going to take the time tonight to go into every area of how God desires to bless his people. But the blessings of God are contingent on our obedience to him and his word. For they are one. In Deuteronomy 21, amen, verses 1 and 2, God says, And it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God, will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. And then the psalmist informs us in Psalm 1, verses 1 through 4, that blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in season. His leaf also shall not Whither and whithersoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. And then he continues this principle in Psalm 37, verses 3 through 5, where he states, Trust in the Lord and do good. Thou shalt dwell in the land, and verily shalt thou be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he 
will give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. I said somebody, I mean, you need to grab a hold of that. He shall bring it to pass. I said he shall bring it to pass. The word of God is very, 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 very plain. If you want to be blessed, you must first obey. However, God's blessings are not only blessings of prosperity, as some would have us believe. What is of most importance is that God always wanted to see his people live a life of spiritual victory and success. He has desired that his people live a life of spiritual power and authority through him and through faith in his name. That's why and how the psalmist states in both Psalm 60 and 12 and again in Psalm 100. 108 uh, verse 13 that through God we shall do valiantly uh, for he it is that shall tread down our enemies Uh, I said somebody ought to shout right there Uh, your enemies go down before you Uh, I said your enemies will go down before you Uh, that's why and how Romans chapter 8 verses 35 through 37 can so boldly state uh, who shall separate us uh, from the love of Christ Uh, shall tribulation uh, or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written for thy sake we are killed all day long we are counted as sheep for the slaughter nay, 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 nay and all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us As we enter into the spiritual territory, God has promises. And let me stop right here and say this church is fixing to enter in to some spiritual territory. Can I hear an amen? I said, can I hear an amen? The scripture that we just read lets us know that there will be troubles, there will be trials, there will be tribulation, there will be distress, persecution, and peril. Even though we are more than conquerors through him that loved us, we must be prepared for confrontation because there is no progress without resistance and there can be no victory without there first being a battle. Can I hear an amen? If we are going to claim our promise of revival, uh, spiritual growth, and victory, uh, we're going to have to fight. Uh, Somebody say, we got to fight. I said, because hell is not giving up. Uh, Amen. Living for God is not pie in the sky or just some type of an ideal life of bliss uh, and ecstasy. It is warfare. Somebody say warfare. Why the Apostle Paul, uh, amen, instructed the church in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, uh, I said, for though we walk in the flesh, uh, we do not war after the flesh. Uh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God uh, to the pulling down of strongholds, uh, casting down imaginations, uh, and every high thing that exalted itself uh, against the knowledge of God, uh, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Uh, 
Uh, I said, if you live for God, uh, yes, there will be battles. Uh, there will be troubles. Uh, and there will be trials. Uh, ask me, I know. Uh, amen. But we are assured of the victory. Uh, if we realize the battle is not mine, uh, I said, it belongs to God. Uh, and we learn to depend upon God, uh, God and his word uh, and his battle plan. Uh, can I hear an amen? Thank you, Brother Hall. I'm feeling better already. Uh, Somebody, you know what some of you women need to do? I said you need to run around the church. Woo! Thank you, God. In the first two chapters of Joshua, where we've taken our text tonight, this is exactly what Joshua and the children of Israel had to do. Joshua, excuse me, Jericho was a fortress city. It was a symbol of the enemy's strength and power. It was made up of men and women, amen, that had wholly been given up to idol worship. This city had great walls that spoke of its great strength. Some say its walls were so thick that a chariot could be driven on them. It had a reputation for being indestructible. And it was the city that stood directly opposed to Israel's inheritance. The children of Israel had just begun to taste of the goodness of their inheritance. And they were actually eating the fruit of their promised land. For we read in Joshua chapter 5 verse 12, And the manna ceased on the morrow after they would eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna anymore, but they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. And now here they are. They have crossed over Jordan into Canaan. They're doing exactly what the psalmist said to do in Psalm 34 verse 7 when he says oh taste and see the Lord is good but this mighty mighty city uh, fortress city of Jericho stood in their way That's, is that just not the way it is in our spiritual walk with God we have feasted on the bread from heaven We've been drinking from the well uh, of living water springing up into everlasting life. Uh, but there's always a Jericho that we come up against. Joshua chapter 6 verse 1 tells us, uh, Now Jericho was straightly shut up uh, because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. Uh, let me detour here just for a minute and say some are satisfied right there. Uh, none go out and none come in. Uh, you don't bother me and I won't bother you. Uh, far too many are satisfied right here. Uh, but we haven't gained any. But hey, hey, we haven't lost too many either. Uh, but God's not pleased with just that attitude. Uh, God is never satisfied with me containment to just suppress the enemy is never victory I said to just suppress the enemy is never victory my God my God to just suppress lust is not lust over victory just to suppress your anger is not victory over your temper to just suppress the urge to tell a lie is not victory over a lying spirit just to suppress your sarcastic and degrading comments of criticism and your cutting and snide remarks about someone doesn't mean you have victory over your nasty spirit of maliciousness. Anybody going to help me today? You see, to suppress means to hold it back or to hold it inside. And if you're just holding it inside, that's not victory. 
total victory only comes when you allow the power of the Holy Ghost, amen, power to work in your life to destroy the thing that threatens to destroy you. You have to let the Holy Ghost do what David did after he killed Goliath. He took Goliath's own sword out and he cut Goliath's head off. Don't be content to leave the problem looking like it's lying dead at the altar. Make sure that it's indeed dead and then cut its head off at the root of the problem. Make sure it never grows another ugly head. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Make sure it never grows another ugly head. David was making sure that that giant never was going to get back up to bother God's people ever again. And you need to make sure that you get total victory and you get total deliverance over the Goliath in your life. Help me, God. Someone in this place needs to cut the head off of Goliath that is causing you so much trouble and so much torment. And I want to look, oh God, I want to look at a few minutes of what's involved in taking your shoes off in order to have a barefoot breakthrough. The first thing that Joshua did was to circumcise the children of Israel. In chapter 5, verses 2 through 3, God spoke to Joshua and commanded that he circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. In verses 4 through 7, you can read that the reason that God again commanded circumcision was because all those that had been circumcised, uh, amen, before had died off while they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Uh, amen. And now it was their children uh, whom God had raised up in their stead uh, and Joshua, that Joshua circumcised uh, because they had not taken the time to circumcise them while they wandered in the wilderness. And I believe that there's a very important principle that God is imparting to us. God is informing us that we need to sanctify ourselves. Take the word of God and cut ourselves loose from anything of this stinking, rotten, dirty flesh. I said we need to take the word of God and cut ourselves loose from anything that is in the flesh. This world is a wilderness and we need to make sure we cut ourselves free from the world. All its allurements, all of its enticements, Circumcise yourself with Holy Ghost power. Holy Ghost power. Holy Ghost power. In verse number 13, read the next thing he did was that when he was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and he looked. He looked beyond the massive walls. He looked beyond the intimidation of that mighty fortress city. You might say that he looked up to the hills from whence cometh his help. When he did, he saw a man over against him with his sword drawn. Joshua went up to him and said, are you for us or are you against us? Verse 14, the man replied, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? Joshua aligned himself with God because he recognized that God himself had just paid him a visit and Joshua fell on his face and worshiped. Pay attention now. Worship is the keynote of spiritual destiny. 
Let me say it again. Worship is the keynote of spiritual destiny. Worship creates the atmosphere for hearing God's voice. When we worship God in spirit and in truth, it opens our eyes to see what God wants to accomplish, not only in our personal life, but in each and every service. When we assemble ourselves at the house of God, when we worship God, it opens our ears to hear God's voice when the man of God preaches the word of God. That's why some people can let the preached word of God go in one ear and out the other because they never worship. So in turn, they never truly hear the word of God. Will somebody say amen or bless me Jesus or something? Worship creates the atmosphere for the conception of the miraculous. Let me say that again. Worship creates the atmosphere for the conception of the miraculous. It was when Hannah worshiped God after pouring out herself a bitterness of soul and weeping a prayer to God to hear her for a child that God granted her request. She conceived and gave birth to a child. In First Samuel chapter 1 verses 19 and 20 we read and they rose up in the morning early and worshiped before the Lord. I said they worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah and Elkanah knew Hannah his wife and the Lord remembered her. And therefore it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel saying, because I have asked him of the Lord. I want you to know that sincere, genuine, heartfelt worship always brings revival. And when this church begins to weep in bitterness of soul and then worship, we're also going to bear children. I said these pews I said these pews are not going to be empty. I said you're not going to be able to contain. I said you ain't going to be able to contain. I know your pastor has a burden to preach, amen, to build a new building. And you'll see it happen when you weep in bitterness of soul and then worship Finally, in verse 15 of our text, we come to where the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Might seem silly, might seem absolutely ridiculous. I might not, it might even seem nonsensical. But God said, loose thy shoe from off thy foot. I don't know who's got slip-ons, but slip them off right now. If you got ties, get them untied. I'm not kidding. Now, I'm not asking you to take your shocks off. Ooh, we fixing to have church around here. 
guys got your shoes off? Now, I know you got yours off. I can see the boots right there. It seems that God does not make sense sometimes. But the psalmist tells us in the 18th Psalm, verse 30, as for God, his way is perfect, perfect, perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a bucker to all those that trust in him. And when God said, take your shoes off your foot, you just do it. If you want the power of God to be manifested uh, and if you want victory in your life, oh, take your shoes off uh, and start worshiping him. I, oh, I said take your shoes off uh, and start worshiping him. Let's have a barefoot breakthrough. If you want victory in your life, you need to take your shoes off and start worshiping God. I want you to note that it was on the shoulders of barefooted priests that God entrusted the ark of his presence. And if we're ever going to possess our spiritual inheritance, we must become barefooted. I said we must become barefooted. We must take off the shoes of our personal agenda, the shoes of our selfish ambition, the shoes of our spiritual contentment and we must give up our own personal plans and our self-will to God's will and God's purpose walking softly and gently before him in total obedience. It symbolizes an exchange life. My plans for his plans. My will for his will. My desires for his desires. Oh, somebody praise him right now. I asked you if you're going to help me. I said, I asked you if you're going to help me. Then in Joshua chapter 6, verse number 2, God basically tells Joshua, now the city's yours. Mm. 
Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. I don't know what walls of difficulty you may be facing tonight, but I can tell you this. God is looking for some barefoot worshipers. Instead of griping and grumbling and complaining about all the problems in your life, just take your shoes off and start worshiping God. That's what Job did. When one disastrous report after another reached Job's ears, telling him his livestock had either been stolen or killed, all of his servants had been killed by either the Salbians or or the Chaldeans uh, by fire from heaven. Uh, and all of his children had been killed by what uh, was described as a great wind from the wilderness. Uh, but seemingly from a natural perspective, uh, though he had lost everything, uh, Job kept himself connected to his destiny through worship. Even after hearing all of this, Job still worshiped God. For I read in, in the first in the book of Job, chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped and worshipped and worshipped and said naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked I shall return thither the Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away blessed be the name of the Lord Job was saying I sure don't understand what's going on I don't understand what you're doing I don't know why you're making me go through this but one thing I know one thing I know one thing sister Mays I don't know why we're going through what we're going through but I believe God's going to get the glory God's going to get the glory Job said I had absolutely nothing before you gave me everything I'm not going to be able to take anything out of here so whether I have everything or nothing at all I'm still going to worship I'm still going to worship you with all my heart, my soul, my mind and strength I have two choices I can get bitter or I can get better and I refuse to let Satan destroy me with an attitude of bitterness so whatever I have to do and however I have to do it. I have decided to go ahead and get my barefoot breakthrough. So praise God anyhow. I got more I could preach. And I said, I don't feel like God's done here. I think we all concur with that. Come on, let's love him. Hear me, hear me just one minute. In Joshua chapter 6, verse 16, we read where Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you this city. There comes a time when you know you have lifted up your eyes above your problem. You have taken off your shoes and you've stood barefooted and you've worshiped God. And all you have aligned yourself with God and you've obeyed his voice. And you've learned how to speak only that which builds up and edifies. And all that's left to do is shout. Not because everything looks right or sounds right or feels 
feels right. But because God has said the victory is yours. I said the victory is yours. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Someone in this place needs to get a revelation of what praise is. Praise is faith expressing itself audibly. Faith has a voice. I said faith has a voice. Let me say it again. Faith has a voice. Faith calls those things which be not as though they are and those things that be as though they are not. Faith hears God say it's done. Faith looks for God to do it and then shouts because he believes it's done. I'm talking to somebody who needs a barefoot breakthrough tonight. A barefoot breakthrough is victory over or through a wall or anything that presents a united front of opposition against you and the will of God in your life. Everybody, every one of us needs a breakthrough at some point in our lives. Every one of us will come to some place in our lives where we face something that presents itself. Amen. Before us is a united, unbroken wall of opposition. The good news is that our rock is the God of the breakthrough. He told Peter upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In other words God was saying all the united power and opposition of hell put together is not going to be able to stop the movement and the progress of someone who decided I'm going to be obedient and get my barefoot breakthrough. Why don't somebody kick off your shoes of fear? Why don't you kick off your shoes of doubt and unbelief? Kick off the shoes of your past. Kick off the shoes of your uncertain future. Go ahead and kick off the shoes of your own self-will and have a barefoot breakthrough. Let's do it right now. Come on, somebody, kick off your shoes. Kick off your shoes. Amen. Get barefoot before God. Come on, let's do it right now. Oh, God, let's praise him right now. Let's worship him. Let's worship God. Let's worship God. I'm on everybody. I'm asking you to obey God in the house right now. I'm asking you, if you feel like going to pray for someone, pray for him. Amen. Somebody needs to run. I said somebody needs to run. 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 Somebody needs to run.